Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. But I wanted to continue um, along the lines of last Sunday morning, and uh, I said we were going to have a look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and what it means to guard our hearts, how important it is to guard our hearts. So I'm just going to jump back into the Word of God again from where we were last Sunday, and we looked at, at uh, how we can allow stuff to get in our hearts that can really affect the way that we see the world and the way that we see our relationship with God and, and, and the things that God has called us to do, that if we allow the wrong things to get in, that will affect our vision for life. And last week we ended with Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and saw how we were encouraged to guard our hearts. So we wanted to spend a couple of minutes in a moment looking at what it means to guard our heart. But just some words out there, because there's a lot of talk about, I'm going to show you a video in a moment. You're not allowed to laugh at me. I'm going to show you a video on the morning of a part of my workout session last week to show you. Can't wait to show you this. A bit embarrassed about parts of my body, but that's all right. We'll get there. But, you know, we've heard words about high cholesterol, uh, triglycerides, hypertension, and, uh, you know, all, all well-known foes that can wreak havoc on our natural hearts. And there's a lot of talk out there about the importance of looking after our hearts, and so we should. Amen. We should all be committed to. I got to the age of 50, March the 9th this year, and uh, a couple of months, a couple of months ago, probably about six weeks ago, I really had to have a good look at myself and say, "Am I happy with the way that I'm looking and feeling right about now?" Because I'm like most men, we make a lot of excuses. You know, we're too busy, we're too tired, we're too stressed, we're we're too all that to take the time to look after our physical bodies. But I believe that we need to look after ourselves. Amen. Because there's a lot of talk about the importance of looking after our hearts. And last Sunday, I talked about that big truck tire. Well, if, if we could just bring that up again, Matt, that would be great. This was after about 45 minutes on weights. Can you hear how heavy it is? Turn it off. That's enough. <laughs> we took a couple. Cause I don't know if you notice. It's downhill that way, and then it's uphill that way. So I was, I'm crying after looking at that because I just remember the pain. I'm flashing back to the pain. But uh, I get to like the second last one, and Mick just, Mick just goes, come on, one more, one more, as he always does. Shut up. Isn't that enough for you? Like I'm sweating, my face is red, and at the end of that, I'm on the fence, I'm like this for like five minutes. I don't know if I can get up the, you know, to get home. So what does Mick decide to do? I don't know if anyone else has seen those big ropes. Okay, we're going to do it for a minute and a half. No, we're not. I'm up the top working out, and he said, oh, Shane, uh, I said, oh, Mick, I've just come to the end of myself. He said, that's all right, I get down the bottom to do the big ropes. I said, Mick, I can't do a minute and a half. He said, yes, you can. I said, no, remember up the top there where you let me off? Same principle applies down the bottom here. Amen. But it's so important, I believe, as men, that we're committed to looking after ourselves. And I don't know where this journey is going to take me, but I'm hoping by about Christmas time, I'll start to look like Alex Olgren. Amen. I'm hoping by about then, I'm going to be looking like, uh, looking like Michael Spielman. Amen. Just loving it. It's so important that we look after our hearts. But you know what I've found? There's not a lot of talk today about our other heart. 
There's not a, not a lot of talk about the, the, the person within us. There's not a lot of talk about that, that real person within us. You know, we talk about our hearts and our physical hearts. And last week we looked at some, some facts about our heart. It's a, it's a miracle, this thing, our heart within. But there's not a lot of talk about our heart, our, our, our spirit, the, the real person within us. And yet the Bible has a lot to say about our hearts. In fact, we, we looked last week, the Bible mentions money um, about 112 times in the New Testament. Uh, talks about being holy or holiness about 526 times. It talks about love about 687 times. Forgiveness, this is a big one, 126 times. But our heart in the New Testament, our heart is mentioned around 922 times. The Bible speaks more about the condition of a person's heart more than anything else. Astounding when you think of it. And last week we looked at Matthew chapter 15. And Jesus really got to the heart of the matter when he started to speak about the, the matter of the heart. Because we see in Matthew chapter 15, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, all the religious people were having a go at the disciples about the fact that they weren't washing their hands and, and, and carrying out all these ritualistic things in order to become holy or to perceive to be holy. And Jesus goes on and, and, and writes that right off and starts to say that holiness has got nothing to do with external appearances and about your religious activities, but holiness has got everything to do about the condition of one's heart. Because he says in Matthew chapter, is this all right with everyone? You're looking at me a bit strange. Matthew chapter 15, it says this again. It says, Peter explained, explain the, as Peter said, explain the parable to us. Jesus said, are you still so dull? Jesus asked them, uh, Do, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony. These are the things that defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. In fact, Jesus added more about the heart in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says this, A good person out of the good treasure of their heart brings forth good, and an evil person out of the evil treasure of their heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. We said last week, we know what's in our hearts by what's coming out of our mouth. Critical all the time, critical heart. Negative all the time, you know, God won't, you know, negative heart. We can tell what's in our hearts by what comes out of our mouths. And Jesus was saying there that it's so important that we understand how important it is that we look after our hearts, not just exercise and, and, and fling those, I hate those ropes. I hate them. And that truck tire. Always get dirt and dust all over me, and I hate that. But I know it's good for me. But more importantly this morning, how are our hearts? Because whatever's in our hearts will affect the way that we live our lives, amen. You know, the wisest man in Scripture gave us some advice. He was the, the world's wisest man only second to Jesus Christ himself. He was known as Solomon. People would travel from all around the world to listen to Solomon. They would come to listen to the wise sayings of the wise words of Solomon. They would travel the globe to sit in the room with this man and listen to what came out of his mouth. And last Sunday, we looked at this verse of Scripture that I believe that we all should take on board and continually be bringing our lives to. And it was found in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, where it said this, his advice to us, 
Jesus follows on in the New Testament and describes it in a different way, but the same outcome and the same meaning. But then Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and Solomon, he says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows, for, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else. What does that mean? Above all else. The most important thing that we are meant to be doing with our lives and in our life, the most important thing continually in our journey of life, in our journey in our relationship with Jesus Christ, in our journey in our relationship with one another, in our journey in our relationship with our spouse, with our family, with our children, with our bubble, we should make, be making sure that above all else, we are checking the condition of our heart all the time. Because above all else, it says, to guard your heart. Because out of the condition of your heart flows the issues or the things of life. Above all else, above anything else that's taking place, whether or not you're well-employed at the moment, whether or not you're in between work, whether or not you're rich, whether or not you're poor, whether or not you're educated, whether or not you're uneducated, whether or not you're beautiful or not so beautiful, whatever the case may be in life, the most important thing in our lives is to make sure that we are looking after the condition of our hearts. Because we can be Christians, we can be followers of Christ and we can have all the stuff going on but I've found so many people in my journey as a as a pastor that they can go so well but then all of a sudden something creeps into their hearts and it takes them out of the journey it takes them out of their marriage it takes them out of their business it takes them out of their church why because they've allowed an issue a thing to get into their hearts a hurt, a disappointment, a wrong thought, a wrong belief, something that's just through their journey, they've allowed to get it into their hearts. And now, because Jesus says what's in our hearts will come out of our lives, what's got into their hearts now is coming out of their lives and it's not good fruit. That's why he was saying there, above all else in life, above what you do, where you go, who you think you are, who you think you're not, whatever you might have or have not, make sure that you're continually checking the condition of your heart because as your heart goes, so will your life go as well. Amen. So we looked at last week, how do we guard our hearts? How, how do we do that? Because everything that's flowing out of me comes from my heart. That's exactly what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 15 where he said adultery, fornication, sexual immorality, theft, slander, all that sorts of stuff. He said, all that stuff is just the fruit of the condition of what's in someone's heart. Yeah? So how do we guard our hearts? What does it mean to, to guard our hearts? Well, I thought of this. It means to be, to be alert, to stand on guard, to, to, to be aware of the condition of my heart, to be aware of what's happening within me, to be aware of any little seeds of negativity, of rejection, of hurt, of just to be aware of those things on a daily basis. You know, sometimes in the journey of life, we can allow just things just slowly to creep in into our hearts over a period of time. We can just allow just one little thought of disappointment. And if we don't challenge that thought of disappointment, we can, we can allow that to grow into our hearts until it affects everything that we do. 
everyone's negative, everyone's bad, everything's just this, everything's just that. Why? Because we've allowed it into our hearts. You know, if we're not careful, we can just allow one little thought of unforgiveness to get within our, within our hearts. We can, we can just allow a little bit of disappointment to get in there towards someone. We, we've been offended by someone. We can allow that to get into our hearts. But if we don't challenge that, that will grow into ultimately a root of bitterness. It will affect our whole life, our whole world. Unless, of course, we're checking the condition of our hearts. How's your heart today? Amen? I thought I lost mine last Monday morning. Just went. But how are our hearts this morning? Because everything in life, everything in my life, everything in our lives is going to be affected by what is in my heart. The condition of my heart will affect my whole world. That's why it's so important that we take the time to ask ourselves a question. Because a little bit of unforgiveness can turn into a root of bitterness. A little bit of negativity can affect our faith and our ability to be able to move forward. And that's why it's so important. You know, Jesus taught us that there would always be opportunities to become offended. Jesus said, you will, hit some, some, you, you will be offended. I, I was trying to find the scripture this morning, but he spoke about the fact that we will be offended. You haven't been offended yet. You haven't been alive for long enough. You know what I find? For, for, for most Christians, they, they exit a church and they go to another church all because of offense. You're meant to get offended in church. You know why? It's because you, it's, where you get to, how you, it's, it's where you get to work out how you forgive. But a lot of Christians, they get offended. They take their offense to somewhere else. They still haven't dealt with the issue of the heart. Guess what? New location, same old heart. New location, new people, the same old heart. Jesus said we will be offended. We will, we will get upset with one another. There will be opportunity to be offended, but it's what you do with that offense that determines your condition of your heart. See, we've got to learn to live to forgive quickly. Yeah? Come on. How many of us have seen people where they've just got offended with someone and rather than deal with the issue, rather than deal with the offense, they've allowed it to fester and fester and fester and before you know it, it's affected their whole world, it's affected their whole life. What's coming out of their mouths now is just offense. Come on. Jesus said we will, but we've got to be bigger than that. We've got to be better than that. And we've got to understand that what we allow into our heart will affect the condition of our lives, amen, and also what comes out of our mouths. So Jesus spoke about the fact that there will be offenses, there will be things that will happen to us that may affect the condition of our heart. But then also I want to just bring our attention to the fact as well that Satan also, Satan also wants to affect our hearts. Satan also wants to look for opportunities to cause us to be offended, to be upset, Cause, cause all sorts of things, a whole a, a, a arrangement of different opportunities where he will set us up. There's a verse of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. W-I-L-E-S. You look at that definition, the definition of that word. It's talking about schemes. Beware of the schemes of Satan. Satan's always scheming against you. Did you know that today? 
He's always wanting you to trip up. He's always wanting you to fall and fail in some way. He's always wanting you to get some sort of an attitude, some sort of thing in your heart because he understands the Word of God as well and knows that if he can plant a seed within you, whether it be real, not real, whether we think it's real, if he can plant that seed within your heart, he knows straight away that will affect your relationships. That will affect your relationship with the Father in heaven. So how do we guard our hearts? Two little things out of a story out of 2 Samuel chapter 11. Just two little thoughts this morning. I've taken a little bit of preacher's liberty in the second point, um, but I'll explain that in a moment to you. So how do we look at guarding our hearts knowing Jesus said that we're going to face difficult times. There's going to be an opportunity for us to be offended and to take seeds within, within our hearts that will affect us. And then looking at Ephesians 6.11, knowing that the enemy's always scheming against us to hurt us, to, to get us to be offended. How then do we look? What, what are the things that can help us to keep our hearts in a right place? Well, first up, this. Keep close to Jesus. First thing. The closer we are to Jesus, the, the more fellowship that we have with the Holy Spirit, the less opportunity there is for things because He's the revealer of our hearts. He shines lights on our hearts. Hey, what's wrong with that attitude there? Hey, why, why are you talking that way? Hey, why are you thinking that way? That's, that's not lining up with my word and with my will for your life. Amen? First thought. But this story here in 2 Samuel chapter 11, it's the story of David and Bathsheba. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, it says this. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel. And they destroyed the people of Anam and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. Not much in that. A couple of little thoughts we'll touch on. Not much in that just there. But when you follow that story on, you see how incredibly devastating it was. Adultery. Betrayal. Murder. I mean, terrible. Ultimately, David, because of his actions ended up receiving a, a harsh penalty from God because of his terrible, terrible actions. But it all starts right there. David standing on the roof of the king's house, looking out beyond the landscape and seeing a beautiful young woman bathing. Right there. What entered David's heart? Right there. From the eye looking, wow, she's beautiful. He could have turned away, I guess. Could have gone the other way, but he didn't. You see, David allowed lust to enter into his heart that evening. And that seed of lust, that, that look of lust, that thing that entered into his heart, caused him to do things that I would say without doubt he would have regretted for years to come. He would have asked himself time and time again, why did I stand on that roof and continue to stare and stare and stare? Why didn't I just do something, walk away? But no, David allowed lust to enter his heart and it cost him dearly. 
You see, we're not careful. We allow things to get into our hearts. But what can we learn about David? The first thought about David is this. The first thing that he, he didn't do and he should have done is this. First thought is this that we notice about the story. This little line here, it says, But David remained in Jerusalem. But David remained in Jerusalem. Springtime was the time when kings were meant to go out to battle. Springtime was the time when the king would gather up all of his armies and he would be uh, inspired and led by God to go into the lands and, and wage war. But we see here in this verse of Scripture that says that, but David stayed in Jerusalem. David didn't continue with the plan and the purpose that God had for him as a king. He chose rather to stay in Jerusalem rather than doing what it was that God had called him to do to lead the armies of Israel into battle, but he chose not to. David stayed in Jerusalem. He stopped walking in the plans that God had for him. He stopped pursuing the direction that God had for his life, and he stayed in Jerusalem. You know, I look at that today, and I think that's a picture of so many Christians today where we've stopped pursuing God for the plan and the purpose that He has for our lives. I look at that today, and I think that is like so many believers today that may well have started the journey of faith and got excited and, and might have thought, God, you've got a plan and a purpose for my life. And, you know, we start the journey, and we get excited, and we begin to serve, and we begin to reach out and begin to do all those things. But before we know it, something happens. And we stop, and we stay rather than moving forward, moving forward. One of the greatest ways that we can guard our hearts is to remain fruitful, fruitful in our service to Jesus Christ and to His church. One of the greatest ways that you will guard your heart is to remain fruitful in your service to Jesus and to the local church. Amen? Because we see that David stayed in Jerusalem. If only he'd have gone... He wouldn't have gone through all of that pain and his family as well went through. And Bathsheba's husband and their family that were all affected by his sin. But one of the greatest ways that we can guard our hearts is to make sure that we keep being faithful in serving him. Amen. But so many believers along the journey, they just get taken out. And the sad truth is they come to church, their eyes are open, but there's no one home. You've lost that zeal. You've lost that, God, I love you. You've lost that, I just want to love you and love your house. Amen. One of the greatest ways is to continue to be fruitful, continue to serve, continue to reach out, continue to pursue the things that God's placed in your heart. Amen. Whatever that might be like, keep being faithful to Jesus and keep moving forward in the things that He's placed in your heart. But we are His workmanship, created for good works that He prepared before the foundation of time. You and I are God's masterpiece. You and I are God's creation. You and I are the apple of God's eye. God looks at us and sees great potential within us. Amen. But don't allow things to get into your heart. That will cause you from stop bearing fruit. Don't allow stuff to get into your heart. That will cause you to, 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 to be a part, but not be, be, be part of the vine that we, you, the way you're meant to be. But David did. But David remained in Jerusalem. David remained in Jerusalem. Our hearts are exposed to the wrong things when we stop serving and following in the direction that God has placed within us. 
And like I said before, our city is full of people who have stopped moving in the direction God has called them to. And I've observed it's only a matter of time before the wrong things get lodged in their hearts. This is why serving the area of God has asked you to do is so important. So important. I know in Newcastle, this, 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 this city and other cities around the globe would be no different. There, you, you know people as well that were once were flourishing in their relationship with God and, and flourishing in the direction that God had for them, but no longer even bothered to come to church. The problem with deception is you don't know it when you're deceived. That's a scary thought about deception. I still love Jesus. Well, Jesus, the Word of God, Ephesians says, Christ loves His church and gave His life to it. We're meant to model the life of Christ. We're meant to love Jesus Christ and to love what He loves. Amen? You can't love the church by not being attached to it. You can't. But as soon as we allow that stuff to get into our hearts, it will isolate us and potentially it will damage our hearts. David remained in Jerusalem. He stopped moving forward in the plans and the calling that was upon his life. He stopped in Jerusalem. He paid a bit of price for that. But there are people here this morning as well that you need to be challenged and reminded again that you need to be moving forward in the plans and the purpose that God has for you. Not being sidelined, not just staying on the edge, but allowing God to push you forward, move you forward. Because it's one of the greatest ways that we can guard our hearts. Second thought, and I'm done with this this morning. This says here in this verse of Scripture, 2 Samuel chapter 11, it says this, Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. Isolation will lead to a sick heart. There was no one there. David was on the roof on his own, peering out on the landscape, looking. He saw that woman there in isolation, and there was no one there to say, David, that's wrong. David, turn your eyes away. David, that could lead to idolatry. David, that could lead to sexual immorality. David, don't do it. There was no one there to speak into his life. And you know, the second way that we guard our hearts is to make sure that we are continually in community in whatever shape or form that may be, that we have people in and around our world that we've allowed to speak into our lives if need be. We weren't created to be in isolation. We were created and saved to live in community. Amen. But David is here. He's on his own. He's isolated. There's no one else around him. There's no one there to speak into his world. There's no one there to say, David, it's wrong. And before you know it, he continues to look to that point where he starts to act. That's the same for us. If we're living in isolation, we run the risk of being exposed to the wrong things. And ultimately, those things will hurt our hearts. That's why small groups are so important. Being a part, this is not a plug for connect groups right now. Not at all, but I just want to say, that's why small, small groups are so important. A group of people that come together to hold each other accountable for their relationship and their walk with God. Outside of that, we're living in isolation. There's no one there to challenge our rotten attitude. There's no one there to speak into our lives. There's no one there to hold us accountable to the Word of God. We just live in any old way and just think that we can be lone rangers. But I want to say, friends, today the Bible says, He who, he who seeks isolation seeks his own destruction. Wow. Isolation. That's why we need people in our worlds. David was alone on that roof. 
If he had had two or three other men there with him, I think there would have definitely been a different outcome. Amen? See, today you might be facing things and things are happening in your world. Who's there with you? Well, who are you asking to do the journey with you, to help you? Who have you got that's challenging you about your thoughts right now? You might have a really bad attitude right now. You might have a really bad one. All right, Kim, smack me again. Last Was it last Sunday night? I asked Kim to slap me. I'll do it. It was huge. I will not ask my wife to slap me. <laughs> no. We need people in our worlds. We need good people in our worlds to help us to do this thing called Christianity. We, we need people. David had no one on that roof. If he only had have had someone on that roof saying, David, turn your head. If only. But there was no one there. You're receiving anything this morning. Living in isolation will lead to a sick heart. We were not made to live out our faith alone, but in community. That's why being accountable to someone for your faith and your actions is such a healthy thing for our hearts. Amen? Pursue some sort of accountability. Pursue some sort of relationship with another brother or sister in Christ. Uh, allow someone to speak into your heart, your world. Yeah, I must admit that um, most Mondays now, I have a, a, a sense of fear and trepidation about my training session i'm being honest i do i'm like oh, a bit nervous here what's he going to do to me today because i go and he's like boss and i, I do honestly i just I get, I get a little bit nervous so i try not to think about it i try and eat right i get the water i'm doing all that and I, i'm really i'm pretty g'd up when i get there pretty g'd up and for the most part it is getting a bit easier like, for example, last week I, I could walk to the car pretty normally. You know, it's just I could walk down there and could lift my arms up and could drive. That hasn't always been the case. Committed to looking after my heart. But I want to say this morning, it takes work to look after our natural heart, but it also takes work to look after our spiritual hearts as well. We need to be committed to the health of our hearts. We need to be committed to the health of our hearts. Keeping a healthy heart is not easy, but I want to say this this morning, it always pays off. Say it again. Keeping a healthy heart is not always easy, but it always ultimately pays off. Finish this morning with the thought of Joseph. For, you, for those that uh, are versed in the Word of God, we see uh, Joseph coat of many colors his brothers God gives Joseph a dream of fame but when we look through the life of Joseph we see that his life and his journey was nothing like he would have expected or we would have thought his life is full of trial betrayal tragedy 
accusations, false accusations, imprisonment. His whole journey is just, it's, it's a wicked one. But the one thing that Joseph did through that whole journey, friends, this morning, if we hear nothing more, is that he kept a right spirit before God. He refused to allow the actions of others to determine his future. And we as a church this morning too, we need to be like that. We need to disallow the actions and the words of others to determine our future. Keep a right spirit to God. Amen. Keep a right heart. Keep a right attitude. Keep a right spirit. And no matter where we go or what we do, God will continue and always have his way in our lives and in our future. Amen. Hallelujah.